This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Kat's not here, she's doing a wee-wee. Quick. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever it is. I don't care, you could be listening a hundred years hence. It doesn't matter. You're listening, and that's what counts. Welcome! Kelly's here. Hi. Ka- you're my favourite. Thank Ka- you. Catherine's not here. Should we pretend to be Catherine? We are, lad. What are you doing with my beer? Give me my beer. Why yeah. the face? Because <laughs> to do a northern accent, you've really got to experience the pain. strain it out. Experience the pain and the hardship. Go on, you do it. Hey, up, lad. Oh, uh, plum. Hey, you big massive plum! Look at look at the plum I got on my foot of stairs. I got a foot of stay, Catherine. Hey, hi, Catherine. Just Hello. doing my voice again. No, Hello. mate. No. Wait, is that you talking or Kath? Confused. I can hear you doing my voice again. I'm gonna go to foot of my stairs. Look at his face. I'm experiencing the pain of being a northerner. You don't know pain. Shall I turn your mic? Shall I turn the microphone on? I think you on? should. Yeah. Okay. I said. You don't know pain. My show is... Is that a threat? If you like. I feel... Well, I don't like... I feel threatened, so that makes it a threat. Well, I can't handle how you feel. I know you can't. (laughs) Powerful stuff. Now, my show is uh, highbrow. We cover all manner of subjects from the royal family to Darth Vader. But here's producer Kath bringing the tone down again. (laughs) One of the most horrific things in my life, and this is... Partly spurred me to become a vegetarian a few years later. I remember being six or seven, six, and we were on holiday in Cornwall. We were staying on a caravan on a farm, right? And uh, one morning, the farmer said to me and my sister, who was nine, do you want to come and see the chickens? We're like, yeah, totes want to go and see the chickens. Totally! I bet you can still smell it. Man alive, it was a battery farm. It was the... I mean, I've probably made it bigger in my head, but I remember he opened this door (laughs) to this huge barn, just thousands upon... (laughs) Well, you should be apologising to us as well. Thousands upon thousands of chickens in these tiny little boxes. It was horrific. Do you know what does it for me? Scabby legs. Yeah, pigeon's legs. In. Oh, they're all squashed in on themselves and they kind of defecate on themselves and stuff. No, right, mate. you don't like all to right. think of your chickens did, like that. You like to, think to bring them. defecation into it. Yeah, because that's what happens. They but why did you bring it? It's ten past seven in the morning. What are you bringing defecation into it for? They get burns on their legs because of it. Mate! You want them running free. I don't... I don't want any mention of defecation on my show at ten past seven in the morning. I could have been more specific. Oh, for goodness sakes. Go, oh, dearie me. Great piece about defecation there, Catherine. We should have more on that on my show. Definitely. Defecationally. Here's a moany, whinging caller moaning and whinging. Pat's in Houghton Regis. Morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. You, you bored of all this Scottish nonsense? Too right on board of it. I mean, they're, uh, they're a bigger whinger than I am in Scotland. Wow, that, that is saying something, Pat. It is. I thought it would be this morning. I am just actually fed up. I think like you, in that they get the free care for the elderly, free tuition fees. I mean, th- we get free a lot of free things. And what do the politicians do for us in England? Why are we being ignored for all these free benefits that people are getting in other countries? Or other parts of the UK. You, you've introduced an interesting phone-in that we're, I'm more than happy to go with. Uh, d- 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 Catherine, you, you wish it on my ear. What have the Scots ever done for us? Oh, 08459 four double five five double five. I Shortbread. Can... Shortbread? The Crankies? You can't give them tartan because that was actually the Irish. Yeah. So not a lot, Pat. Not a lot at all. I'm just... Uh, I, I, I tell you what, if they vote yes in Scotland, 
they can vote yes to losing quite a lot of things, I reckon. They're going to lose your support. They're going, to lose, they're going to lose subsidies, aren't they? I mean, we're actually paying for what they're getting at the moment, but yep. I want to know what our MPs are doing for people in England. What are we getting here in England? Pat, listen, uh, um, actually quite a bit, but we haven't got time to go into that. You but reckon? Thank, yeah, oh, I, f- I thought I faded you off. I faded the wrong one. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> yes, now he's gone. Spiteri. Thank you, Pat. Spiteri. So this Corbett. Let's okay. Thank you for that. Ex, he's brought. He's introduced an interesting subject. What have Scotland ever done for us? So we've got Spiteri, Charlene, mm-hmm. Corbett, Ronald, Way, Lulu. Oh no, I just forgot. Yeah, Lulu. Shortbread. And the crankies. And funny swearing from Mr Billy Connolly. Oh, it's funny! I'm Billy Connolly and I was wearing a big slipper and it was funny! (laughs) Here's some true factual ev evidence from Justin Deal in fact and not fiction Dealy. He also says telepathy. I said it incorrectly now. Telepathy. How do you say it? He's confused me. Telepathy, not telepathy, Justin. What a plum! (laughs) Isn't he a plum? There is a story in the papers. Scientists have proved that telepathic powers exist. Of course they don't. It's a load of old rubbish. Ian, why am I even here? I don't know, Just. Seriously. I ask that question every flipping morning. <sighs> Not that issue, but this issue. You know, every single time this comes up in the papers, you bring out the same old line. It's a load of old rubbish. You are narrow-minded. We, brought, we, showed, we showed this to you in the office before the show, and you went... Guys, I don't know how much more Ev I can give you. I've proven it already. How about some Ev? Seriously. seriously. He's he's been out on the street right all morning. And I just saw him briefly during the news. And he said, this stuff is going to blow your mind. No, it will. It will. I suspect it won't. It will do. And I have to say, thank you once again for making my Monday morning very easy because, as you know, I can read minds just like that. This report took me all of about ten minutes compared to a normal report of, let's say, an hour. Twelve minutes. So so thank you very much. Um, Okay, we we can do this individually in three parts, Okay. Okay. I've got lots of... It's a trilogy. If if you want to do a one-hour special... trilogy of Ev from this plum. I have the minerals for a one-hour broadcast on this if you want okay? <laughs> evidence number one that I can read people's Exhibit minds yes. here Exhibit we go a. shall I press play please we go. do you believe in telepathy sir uh, no why I just think it's possible I, bet I know what you're thinking what, what's going on who are you I'm J-Dog I work with Ian Lee on Three Counties Radio I think I know what you're thinking right now okay can you just look at me in the eye for a second okay we've got the focus right I think that you are thinking to yourself, am I going to get a full one-hour lunch break today? You know I'm right. I can tell by your face you're shocked. You know I'm right, don't you? Yeah, well, I don't know how you would think of that. I was thinking that earlier. I don't know. Hmm. Right. Justin. There you go. Can I just play the beginning of that report again? Yeah, go for would it. You, would, would you mind? No, it's OK. So I just, just want to check something. All yep. right. So just listen, everyone just listen. I'm going to turn this... I'm going to just get it in the right place. I'm going to turn this up nice and loud. Let's just have a quick listen to it. I just thought we heard something. Do you believe in telepathy? Sir? Right, OK. What, what the hell is telepathy? Telepathy. Telepathy? Yeah, that's what I said, telepathy. Yeah, but... <laughs> hang on a second. What, on. Is, what is telepathy? Reading people's minds. No, that's no, mate. That's telepathy. I call it telepathy. It's my own words. Look, there, there's the evidence. You're, you're getting away from the evidence. Evidence number one. Okay. Agreed. Are, well, we, are we all clear here? Are we all clear? Well, some of us are. What's What's Exhibit B? For goodness sake, you two! You're just getting right on my nerves. Right. Okay. Your psychic nerves. You. Yeah. Again, these were all random meetings of minds on the street <laughs> that they weren't set up. Evidence 
number two. I think you're thinking that people in this town don't drive very well. That's a really random thought, I know, but is that what you're thinking right now? Yeah. Yeah. Are you not a bit freaked out that I can predict something so <laughs> random like that? In Luton, it's just the way it is. It's just everyone, everyone drives rubbish. So for anybody who thinks that telepathy is a load of nonsense, <laughs> for example, Ian Lee, he needs to get a life, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Oh, so you're bullying, you're bullying can, can, young can you men. Say, can you say February for me? February. Exactly. Can I go. tell you something? Go on. Go on. Justin, mm. I know exactly what you're doing now. You're standing outside 3CR. No, And you've no, got a cigarette no, not on. true. Not true at all. I'm well, Nick smoking. can see you and has just texted me in. Well, so Justin you, is standing outside 3CR I with a fag on talking to Ian. I can see no, him. L-O-L. Hand on heart. In fact... In fact, the next person that walks past me, I'll ask them. Hand on heart, I am not smoking a cigarette. Oh, okay, right. So, so your psychic powers clearly aren't okay, working. Okay, mate, but probably. obviously you're a telepathic, telepathetic. <sighs> What's right. evidence number three? Okay, you're not impressed by that? Not yet, How mate. How random is that? That well, man thinking about traffic problems you, in you, you bullied a young man. Okay, no, right. No, What's I number didn't. three? Okay, evidence number three. Here we go. Sir, so I'm from uh, Ian Lee's show. Um, what's your name? Richard. Richard. Richard, well, we're doing a feature this morning about telepathy. OK, I could be wrong here, <laughs> but I'm thinking... Just look me in the eye for a second. Can we hold that focus there They're for a second? They're thinking, what's telepathy? One, two, <laughs> three. I think that you're thinking right now that you're going to be late for work. Yes, that's correct. Do you think I've got special powers? Yes. Thank you, sir. What more do you need? <laughs> Listen, do you, do you want me to come back later on with more? Oh, I, I mean... I don't get you. What is your... Seriously, you're starting to annoy me now because, again, <laughs> I have given you evidence... Of, evidence... You're making me evidence, And you still don't get it. You feeling better, Kels? You're off sick this week. I'm feeling a little bit better. OK, you're going to take another sickie off? Maybe. OK. On Tuesday, we discussed Hot Tub Britain. It's a pervert. <laughs> what? Hang on, I wasn't here. What Hot tubs are amazing. Oh, there we go. There we go, you see. I once sat in a hot tub while it was thundering and lightning. You know what this is? Amazing. Ev. This is the Ev, yeah, it's for perverts. Broken Britain. You're broken, wet Britain. Why am I? You made people tea with strangers. What? Mmm, lovely. What, I shower after? Human soup. I shower after. I don't sit there and drink get from a, the Get a ladle. Mmm, <laughs> human soup, guys. Come on, let's put two more in. Everyone's like, do you want to go for a drink afterwards? I'm like, nah, I feel I've had too much in here. Hot Tub Britain and Betty, enjoy. We were talking about um, hot tubs. Oh, yeah, and how they're for perverts. Well, there is a programme on, on uh, ITV, independent television, tonight, 9pm, Hot Tub Britain. Right, what time's it on? 9pm. Yeah, there you go. The perverts. growing attraction of the hot tub is examined in this one-off film. In this country, it is seen as a desirable status symbol as workers at one Blackpool family firm known only too well. We meet Dennis Holmes... Oh, this is wrong. We meet Dennis Holmes, son Dan Holmes, and son-in-law Ross Philipson, who own the biggest hot tub superstore in Britain. It's a big advert for their bath shop, then, is it? Flipping it. I, I think it's just... A... It's a one-off, and it's about the uh, the trend. Mm, not that much of a trend, then. It's one bloke selling hot tubs, oh, I think saying, is... yeah, they're really popular. It is disgusting. I mean, it re you really have to be some sort of deviant. You know, you? I think, you know, you sit in your own bath, steaming your own juices, that's fine. Everyone else is, no thanks. I don't really like being wet. Really? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Hey, is, speaking of getting wet, this is one for you. <laughs> 
Pill. Carry on talking. Okay, pill. Pill that stops you getting in a sweat. Oh, I'm not a sweaty person. Oh, but I know people who are. Well, I know someone who had an, an operation. They can um. go in through your armpit to stop your hands sweating. <laughs> true fact. True fact. If you've got toady hands, there is yeah. something that can be done. You can get Botox to stop you sweating. Mm. I used to have a really sweaty right armpit. What was wrong with the? What was wrong with your pit? I don't think anything was wrong with it. It's just sweaty. Was your left one di- diverting? For years, the prospect of socialising with her friends, days out with husband Robert, and even pottering around the uh, garden filled Betty Glennie with dread. It wasn't... Sorry? She's not... Go on. It wasn't that the 71-year-old retired saleswoman didn't want to go out. Her life was blighted by chronic, excessive sweating. They've given it a posh name, but I'm not going to... You don't want to be called Betty. Sweaty Betty! <laughs> oh, I'm so... How was I so slow on the uptake? I do apologise. Sweaty Betty my, Glenny. My kids have got a doll called Sweaty Betty. <laughs> it's a weird Spanish doll, right? And it's got little holes in its hairline, so if you fill it with water, it will sweat. <laughs> it actually sweats? Yeah, Sweaty Betty. I'll bring her in tomorrow if you want. You can have a go. Go on, give us one more, then we'll have a song. Uh, I've got one more. Oh, well, then we'll have a song. On Wednesday's show, I spoke to Gordon McIntosh. He told me about his experience at St Francis Boys' Home, which is being investigated by Bedfordshire Police, over claims of organisational sexual abuse. I was there from 1959 to 66. And, and obviously, without going into too much graphic detail, because it's a ridiculously early time in the morning, what, what, what kind of uh, things were going on there? Um, mostly, it was all physical abuse, um... I mean, I, I, I endured uh, and went through uh, lots of physical abuse and brutality by the priests and the nuns. Um, but there was sexual abuse going on. Um, and one of the main culprits was with the priest actually in charge. When did you first speak up about this, Gordon? Well, it first came to light back in the 1990s. Um, people started, you know, coming forward, making complaints. Um, but two years ago when, I mean, I've, since I left there, I've always wondered what happened to the lads that I grew up with. And the last five, six years, I've been going out of my way to try and find these lads. And April of last year, we all got together and I was hearing all these different stories. And we decided, you know, it was about time that we did something again, you know, to try and bring it to the limelight to make people aware of our story. Did you know at the time, Gordon, that, that, that physical and sexual abuse was happening to your classmates and other people there? Not at the time. We were kids. We didn't realise what was going on. What, and was there... Um, this may be slightly the wrong phrase. Was there a sense of relief when you all got together and th- this common theme started to come out? Yeah, because... I mean, all, all, all our lives, you know, we've lived with what we went through, with the memories of what we went through. And a lot of guys, they can't, they can't talk about it. But we found that when we got together and we started telling each other and, you know, our different stories, you know, where we used to look back as individually and we used to look back at it and, and it was with horror, you know... You found it a lot easier to talk to the guys that actually went through the same thing as what you did. It's been investigated before, hasn't it? And um, 
well, nothing came of it. Why do you think that was, and, and what different? What's different about this investigation? Well, this is the fourth investigation, and the first two investigations, the police actually arrested the priest, one of the priests. They actually arrested him, but he was never charged. Then the police lost the paperwork. They lost all all the files. I mean, one one lad actually died at home. I mean, it wasn't from abuse, but it was through negligence by the staff. But the paperwork for that case actually disappeared as well. And it, it just seemed like nothing, you know, even though they had arrested one person twice, nothing went further. And I think now, now that we've got a dedicated team the senior investigator, I think things are going to progress and the truth is actually actually going to come out and our story is going to be told. Why, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. That I, uh, why is it so important for your story to be told, Gordon? Because I, the guys need closure. I mean, we've got one lad out in Australia. You know, it's, 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 his life has been affected so much by it that, you know, he's lost his social standing, he's lost his wife, he's lost his family, he's lost his position in the church because he confessed, not confessed, he told what went on there and how it's affected him and how it's turned his life around. You know, it's turned his life around for the worse because he's lived with it and he's suffered mentally because of it. A lot of these guys, they came out of that home uh, not just with physical scars but, scars, but with mental scars. And it's affected their way of life. And has it and affected your way of life, Gordon? In certain ways, yes. There's, there are certain things I can't do. I mean, I, uh, I'm not a religious person, but I, I do have religion. Um, I'm not a devout Catholic. I don't go to church every Sunday like we're supposed to. I cannot go into a church and sit there and, and look at a priest in a pulpit giving a sermon because the effect that that priest at the time, you know, he, he would scare us. It, it, it was scary. It was frightening. It was horrific. And I can't go into a church now and look at a priest in a pulpit because it brings back flashbacks of this priest. Gordon, one question that... Some of our listeners, I know some of our listeners will be thinking this because when we've discussed um, sexual abuse that happened decades ago, this, this theme often comes up. Why didn't you do anything at the time? And why, why can't you just let it not lie now? Now, I know the answers to this, but I'd like to hear your answer just to, to put some of those minds at rest. Well, let, let, me, let me just answer one question first. Why didn't we do anything about it then? We used to have guys that used to run away from the place to get away. And they would report it to the police. When the police found these kids on the street, you know, running away, the boys would actually tell the police what was going on and the police would actually bring them straight back. Instead of investigating, they would bring them straight back. How terrifying. Well, I mean, one lad actually ran away from the home went to a neighbour in the town, told the neighbour what was going on. The neighbour got the boy, locked him in his room, went down to his shed, got his bike out, got a piece of rope, 
got the boy, tied the boy to the rope, tied the rope to the bike, and rode the bike with the boy running behind back to the home. Nobody was listening. Nobody would listen. Nobody would do anything. I mean, one of our lads has actually written a, a book about his life at the home. His name's Tony Walsh. I mean, the first, the first day of his life at the home takes up 12 pages of this book. And, and just on to the other question, Gordon, what, why can't you let it lie? Why can't you, 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 you let the past be? We've, we've been told by... Because um, there, there, there is still another member of staff. He wasn't actually a member of the staff at the home. Um, but he claimed, he, he's, he, he's told people that our, our stories are frivolous. And that makes my blood boil. We, we went through a horrific time. Um, I'd never known violence. When I first went there, I never knew violence. I'd never been hit. And, you know, for him to turn around and say that our stories are frivolous, that makes my blood boil. Gordon, I really appreciate uh, you sharing your stories and your, your honesty this morning. If there are people listening who... Um, uh, th- perhaps went to St Francis Boys Home but haven't contacted you or spoken to anyone about this and this has kind of, you know, touched a, a nerve. How do they get in touch? Is there, is there a, a website or, or an email or something they can use? Um, well, there, there is, but I'm, I'm not sure. How, it, it's, a, it's a special website, but if they call Crime Stoppers... OK. Um, I mean, it was on television last night. If they contact Crime Stoppers and also the Bedfordshire Police. OK, that's the way to do it, is it? Yeah. Gordon, um... But we, we, do need them, we do need them to make contact. Of course you do, yeah. And, you know, like, like you've, you've said already, we, we need to get closure on this story. Our guys need to put their minds at rest. We need to get our story told. The truth has to come out. I, I really hope you, you get what you're looking for, Gordon. Thank you. Hey, you know that rich family? Uh, bouquets? No! Do you know what the royal family's last name is? Um, Windsor. Yeah, why you know not? What their real name is. Die Flödengürtenberg. It is Close. German, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it? Sax Kobergs. <laughs> Do you Sax Kobergs? <laughs> it's just the way I'm walking. Anyway, I love the royal family. They are better than you, and they're better than me, and they're certainly better than Lisa. Lisa and Luton, the royal family are better than you. They are definitely. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Tell me why. Um, because my uncle used to work for them on the Royal Train, and they were really, really, you know, really good in that, because wow. um, Charles you, um, took a photo um, with my uncle, actually, on the Royal Train. That's Prince Charles to you, Lisa. Oh, sorry, yes, Prince Charles. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not a royal or anything, but... I can tell. You know, but, yeah. <laughs> so, Prince Charles, His Royal Highness Prince Charles took a photo... Well, sorry, did you say it was your dad or your uncle? My uncle, Les. Uncle Les. Yeah. And um, on the Royal... Uh, he was actually on the Royal Train, and he actually used to work there. But unfortunately, he died of cancer, throat cancer. Oh, dear, I'm sorry to hear that. And um, that's all right. Um, and when we went to the funeral, they actually sent a fleur-de-lis um, flowers, about three foot, to his funeral. From the Royal Family? Yeah. And was it signed, Prince Charles? Yes, it was. Was it and really? The royal family. Yes, it was. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not it being funny. I bet your, I it bet was... your family were, were showing off like nobody's business, and rightfully so. 
Yes, he, yeah, there were. That's fantastic. And you hear, well, that, Lisa, honestly, that is such a great story. Not obviously your, your, your uncle dying, but such a great story because it shows the humanity uh, yeah. that the royal family have that a lot of people think they don't have. They think they're out of touch. They think they haven't got a clue. And yet they sent a fleur de lis to your uncle's funeral. And they don't need they to do, do that, do they? No, they don't. Um, he... Not for the likes of us. No, I, I totally understand that, yeah. But the fleur de lis was, um, it was uh, like a white fleur de lis. Yep. And then, like, a blue background. Beautiful. Like, white flowers and... Classy. I think it was made of plastic, but... Oh. It was... <laughs> it was... It was still nicer than yeah. to send some flowers. You know have you mean? got that picture that Prince Char- that His Royal Highness Prince Charles took of Uncle Les? Um, I have, yes. And I've got it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good really... for you. Good for you. Lisa, listen... Th- <laughs> but just to, just to confirm, the Royal Family are better than you. Um, because... I don't know, really. They're just brilliant. <laughs> With all the hurrah... You spelt hurrah. That wasn't me. And I didn't even know Kate was pregnant again. Hey. Yeah, congratulations. She's Think, pregnant. Is she? Mm. Oh, okay. With a With a baby girl, probably. Oh. Or, or boy. One of the two. Good for them, man. Well, anyway, we got talking about babies. Justin said he would have to have a boy to watch the football and go to the pub with. You think, though... Why doesn't that... he just get a mate? <laughs> <laughs> Because they could say no. Mm. Uh, you think that he, he would deserve a girl, though? Yeah, I think karma. Mm. You know the way he is. Yeah. He needs to feel the other side of this uh, equation. I bet he'll call it karma as well. Yeah, some silly name. Anyway, the same thing happened to April's dad. He was a twinkler. <laughs> what? What's that? What's a twinkler? Have a listen and find out. Mm. April's in Luton. Good morning, April. Good morning. How what? are you? Oh, I've got a stiff neck and I've got a headache and I'm feeling a little bit anxious. Apart from that, I'm on top of the world. Oh, you could always let Catherine take over. Sorry? You could always let Catherine take over. Good idea. No. What? Why would you I You have do... a little lay down. Lie down? Why would I do that? Because she's just as professional. <laughs> oh, that's not saying much, though, is it really, April? I'll tell you what, then. I'll tell you what, then. I'll shut up. Let's, let's hear how professional she is. Morning, April. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. What did you want to say? Uh, you were talking this morning about... Um, choice of sex for children and oh, you're yeah. saying Justin would most likely have girls he his... deserves girls right because he's such a player or he thinks he is yeah so my dad was a player oh really he had five girls in the end he's got two of you here two ex-wives numerous ex-girlfriends all of his dogs ended up being female all of his cats female even his female, female and um in the end, when after he died, we booked him a female minister. <laughs> well, I think it's disgusting. Ian, if you're going to join in, join in. Don't use don't use Dave. Have you heard this? It's ridiculous. Hell mess. Yeah, it's a hell mess. It is a hell mess. We're trying to have a conversation here. Do you mind? Butt out. Right. The so... difficult part was at the funeral, keeping all of the ex-girlfriends and and ex-wives separate. Wow. It sounds like a soap opera. Yeah, I don't watch soap operas. There's no point. You lived one. Such an interest. Yeah. So, so when did it come about that he had this tangled love life? Did you always know? Yeah, you know, there are some people you meet in life and you think you're a player. Mm-hmm. And my dad was one of them. So what was he like? Was he a twinkler? Yeah. Uh, he always, always made girls spoon. 
the, the most embarrassing point for me was when I was about 32 and his current girlfriend came to ask permission to be his girlfriend because she's actually 31. Oh, I think he's disgusting. Yeah, I did at the time too. Hell, miss. It's shocking. I like mushy peas. <laughs> really professional, Catherine. Well, it would have been if you hadn't keep kept interjecting. I, 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 well, that sounds like what her dad was doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> April, thank you very much for your call. No problem. Thank you very much indeed. The oh, ladies it, love a twinkler, don't they? A tw- I don't know what you mean by a twinkler. Well, it, for me, it's someone who's not necessarily that good looking. Right. But they know how to turn. They know how to turn it on. Yep, They've yep, got yep, a twinkle yep. in their eyes, yep. slightly devilish. It's yep. kind of irresistible. Yeah. Well. You know they're dangerous. But you no, still you want to shouldn't. go there. You kind of do, because they make you feel special. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Twinklers, ahoy! You see, that's a twinkler. Oh, yeah. Good. Darth Vader called in! Is that Darth Vader on the line? It's Dave. Dave, da- da- Dave Vader? No, Darth Dave Luton. Darth Dave Vader? No, shut it, pal, Roy. The thing that gets me about you, Dave... Oh, here we go again. If you don't... I'm coming down there one day and I'm going to bonk you well, on the nose, Well, we're, we're based in Luton for the moment. You're gonna based... Bonk, in, oh, no. He's going to bonk I you on the nose. Don't you dare bonk my nose, you deviant. <laughs> yeah, you're oh, based no. in Luton and your yeah. last name is Luton. No, no. No, it's not. It's Dave from Luton. I know, that makes it even more amazing. Your middle name is from. It's and like Joey Essex, isn't it? <laughs> Don't if you, you start, if Catherine, you... Catherine, can you put the fader on Catherine because she started with you now? Dave, Dave, what? if you move to Stevenage, oh, would, would, you, would you change your name <laughs> to uh, Stephen from Luton? Look, can you ask me a question? Yeah, OK. If you move to a, Stevenage... It was a lovely day yesterday. Wasn't it just? Lovely and sunny and warm. Yeah. Um... You're 42, a married man with 41, two children. 41, 41. What, what the hell are you doing with a hoodie on? What's the name of the gang, pal? What are you doing with a hoodie on? What was he wearing? A hoodie. Why? Well, he got it caught, didn't he? I know he's, uh, he's hurt his neck now. If he ain't got headache and backache and leg ache. I know, is he a got... moaner? Oh, yeah, Catherine. But where's he gone now? Is he gone skiving off to get his... Oh, here we go. All the time. Jonathan Berners-Smith, come on down. Come on down. It's been... Yeah, old Royal Chief, when you put in my name, uh, my my voice on the radio... Hello? Oh, here we go. A hell mess. It's a hell of a mess, this it's radio been... station. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I'm trying to talk sense to you, Mr... What is it? Oh, yeah, Lee, yeah. I like the mushy peas. Yeah, yeah. It's a hell mess. Boom, 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 boom. It's disgusting. Yeah. Can you stop putting my voice... On the radio in the mornings, please. Trauma noise. Yeah, trauma noise. Yeah. I like the mushy peas. Yeah. I like your nose. Fist on the, my fist on the end of it. Hell mess. <laughs> oh, dear, he's off again. So, why, you, why do you wear a hoodie 
at the age of 42. Please tell me he thinks he's going to sleep on a snake. Oh, is it? Is that right? Yeah, he wants to curl up on a. He wants to curl up on a snake and all. It might bite him. The National Secular Society is demanding to know why Central Bedfordshire Council offered to reinstate a registrar who refuses to marry gay couples. Well, we talked about this on Thursday, and just after eight, I was joined by Andrea Williams from the Christian Legal Centre and Sean Lambert from the Lesbian and Gay Foundation. It got, um, well, it got a little bit heated. She wasn't prepared to say, uh, I'm, I'm happy to pronounce you man and man, was she? No, because she doesn't believe that... Uh, a, a gay couple can can be pronounced. Well, that is that is that is discrimination, isn't it? No, it's not because actually it's not at all. It's actually expressing a belief that many people up and down the country absolutely believe. Well, many people believe that man. many people up and down the country believe that black people are inferior. It doesn't. It, it, it's yeah, still it's discrimination. Not, that's, that's, a, that's a very un, 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 unfair uh, comparison. Tell me why. Because um, homosexuality is all about. Behavior. It's about that's that's uh, and it's and it's behavior that many uh, many people, many Christians will say uh, that it is wrong. Just uh, all, they will say that all sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is something that is wrong, and that's something that many people up and down this country believe, and that it cannot amount to marriage. Sean, let's... Andrea, let me just... One one second, let me just bring Sean in. Uh, You'll speak again, Andrea. Sean Lambert from the Lesbian and Gay Foundation. Uh, To uh, refuse to marry a gay couple is is not discrimination. Well, I don't really see how it isn't discrimination. Whether or not this registrar believes that same-sex marriage should be legal, it is actually the law of the land now. Um, and I think there is totally a comparison to be made. If um, she didn't believe that a black person should marry a white person, should she be allowed to That's not something she hasn't believed. Absolutely not. Um, she would... Andrea, Andrea, Andrea you let, just let Sean finish. Can, Andrea, marry, Andrea, please. Andrea, just let Sean finish. That might not be something she believes, but in the past, religious people have used the Bible to justify not carrying out marriages between um, a black person and a white person. Um, If she believed that someone who's previously been divorced shouldn't be able to get married, should she be able to refuse to marry that person? Um, You know, most churches would say that the purpose of marriage is procreation, and that's sometimes used as justification for not carrying out same-sex marriage. Would she then, therefore, refuse to marry a couple who are maybe in their 70s and therefore couldn't procreate? And should she be able to refuse to do that? At the end of the day, this woman's job was to carry out marriages for the local authority to the legal requirements of the country. And part of the legal requirements is that same-sex couples should be allowed to marry. Sean, what about accommodating her Christian beliefs? Well, at the end of the day, I think it's, it's fine to accommodate someone's Christian beliefs, but not if that discriminates against another person. I can't even begin to imagine what it must feel like if you turned up to a registration office to um, say, yes, myself and my partner want to get married, and to find that the re- one of the registrars there says, well, that's all very well, but I don't believe you should be able to get married, so I will not carry out that wedding. Well, it, it, it never quite got to that stage. This conversation w- was, was kind of had before. Andrea, yeah. your response to Sean? This conversation had been being had by Margaret Jones, who was well-loved and well 
respected for many years. In fact, back in civil partnership, in the, when civil partnerships were passed in 2004, uh, she said that she would be prepared to continue to, to register, but she couldn't be involved in any ceremonial aspects and that she would not be able to do same-sex marriages if the law changed again. But no, no couple were ever going to walk through the um, registry office in, in Milton Keynes or in, in Bedford and Margaret Jones would dare say, I'm not going to marry you. That was never, ever, ever going to happen. But, but, but she, she, would, she wouldn't have married them if they'd been there. It was because she cared so much. She cared so much that she was bending over backwards to do everything that she could to ensure that a gay couple would be happily served by somebody who, who would be happy to the do. love of a same-sex couple and making sure that, you know, you can say someone else would carry out the marriage, therefore it wasn't discrimination, but it was discrimination because she wouldn't carry out the marriage. What if that someone else was off sick that day? You, know, you can't have a situation where someone says, I'm not going to do part of my job, which is basically what she was saying. Now, you're free to believe that marriage is... What you're then saying is that you're free to believe that marriage is between a man and a woman is your freedom to resign, your freedom to get out of the space, which will mean that many people in this country... And it's not, nothing to do with hatefulness. It's, not, it's nothing... It's actually... The law, the law of the land cannot compel you to believe something that is not true. No, it can't true, compel you. It, it cannot believe... Which, and and mar- marriage... Um, Though for those of us that believe the Bible, we will always believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. And uh, there's plenty of people who believe the Bible us. who are seeks to coerce who us believe something about It's completely right and legal. To be honest, just last week, a church in um, Iowa in the USA married a couple who were 90 and 91. They've been together for 72 years. And yet this registrar would have said, well, no, your relationship is wrong. It's not a serious relationship. It's not recognised in the eyes of God. Andrea, so can she I, can would have said to that 90- and 91-year-old, you don't have a commitment she would, she together. Would, she you would not have she, a life together because I refuse to honour your marriage. No, she would have, she would have very gently and very quietly... She would, that's not something she would have ever been involved in. Andrea, it's Andrea, not, Andrea, can, can, can I ask... Maybe yeah. Ms Jones was in the wrong job. If she wasn't prepared to follow uh, the law of the land, then, then perhaps she was in the wrong job. Margaret Jones is 54. She's been doing this job all of her working but, life. But the law has changed, and if she's not prepared to follow the law... Well the law, the law has... The law is the demand, not forcing churches the for, to marry same-sex couples. Hang on, Sean. Hang on, Sean. Let, let Andrea... Let, no, it's OK. Don't worry. It's, it's, it's a heated debate. But, Andrea, the law has changed, and if she's not prepared to accommodate the law in her job, then the implication is she's, she's in the wrong job. No, the law also has to accommodate uh, Margaret Jones. The, the law has to accommodate those with uh, religious beliefs, with Christian beliefs, and has to balance the two. You're and this basically is what we've done arguing so beautifully that the law has to accommodate discrimination. That's what you're arguing. You're, you're arguing that you... the law should accommodate someone discriminating against another person. What you're asking is that someone with deeply held Christian beliefs that marriage between a man and a woman should lose their job should be sacked for gross misconduct, should be out of the space, and that unless we are prepared to actually... Uh, I'm arguing a, a, a that someone should it, not be able to discriminate against another person. This is not discrimination at it, all. It's it, not discrimination it's at all. It's absolutely discrimination. No, it's not. It's about compelling to people. give a service to someone for which you are being paid to provide that service. There no one is saying that would have done that, and she was going to do both. Andrea, Andrea, listen, Sean, finish. I promise I'll let you come back in. If Margaret Jones 
with a vicar in a church. No one is saying that that church should be forced to carry out the marriage of a same-sex couple if they don't want to. But she was a civil registrar in a, in a, in a civil situation, a secular situation. And she was therefore discriminating against people because she was refusing to carry out the service that she was being paid to provide. Andrea, I've just, I've just Googled discrimination for the definition. The practice of unfairly treating a person or group of people differently from other people or groups of people. So to, to, to refuse to marry two people who are legally entitled to marry is, is by the definition, discrimination. Not if you believe that marriage is between a man and woman and that could never be treated... And, and that's, that is rooted in your Christian faith. No, but, but it's, 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 still... love. it's actually an act of love. What it's if I believe that, that marriage is between two white people or marriage is between two people who can have children? The Am I therefore that, the allowed to not marry other people who don't meet those requirements? What if I believe that marriage should only be, be between two people who are aged exactly 23 years old and I can find a religious document that says that that's the case? Should I be able to discriminate in that way? Andrew, we've just had a text in. Uh, Brian has, has texted. His spelling isn't great, but I think I can make it out what he's trying to say. Why should any registrar have to marry these disgusting people? And isn't it um, attitudes like Ms Jones, and I suggest yours, that, that kind of fuel the, 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 these views? Are, are you proud that, that, that views like this are being fuelled by your argument? Um, I don't, we don't believe that uh, people are discussing... Jesus Christ came to die for each one of us, and he, call, he calls us all to a high level of purity, and that is that sex... Uh, and so homosexuality is impure? <laughs> Sexual expression is between a man and okay, a woman. So homosexuality in a, is impure. In a in, within a committed relationship. Which you're denying and them. I, you're denying I, them I said, that committed relationship. And the and the point here is that marriage, its uniqueness is based on the not about not about okay. procreation. Its okay. Uniqueness is about. We're, we're running out of time, Andrea. Are you, are you saying that you're, you're saying that that, you, that, that you're, you're denying them that committed relationship by not allowing them to get married? Are you saying that homosexuality is impure? I'm saying that all sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman... We're talking about men and men and women and women here. No, in that case, a couple who had had sex before marriage should also are impure and shouldn't be able to get married. Is that what you're saying? What the Bible says, what the Bible says very clearly about... Because it's all about this is about behaviour I don't understand. This is not about what the Bible says. This is about the law of the land and about discriminating this, against people. But what people. the Bible says is not why everyone who walks through the door of the registration office believes in the Bible or certainly the Bible right. We're running out of time. It's all getting up. Can I just ask you one, one important question? Uh, last question, Sean. I'll start with you. Which is more important, do you think, the law of the land or religion? Well, personally, I think if you're employed to do a job, you should do that job and you shouldn't discriminate against people. Andrea, what's more important, the law of the land or religion? The wonderful, beautiful message of hope that is found in Jesus Christ for each one of us. Can't please everyone all the time. Can't please some people all the time. Can't please Oliver ever. Have a listen to this. And t- if you know what, what on earth Oliver is banging on about, can you email me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk? Well, you, you made a comment um, during um, that uh, debate regarding um, a black people, which I took offence to, and I'm sure many would, that um, your belief is that um, many people up and down the country may believe that, black, uh, well, have a belief that black people are inferior, okay? 
Um, I think you may you may have um, dealt with that better by countering that. It may be a belief, or people might think that white people are inferior. Okay. Oliver, it's, Oliver, permission to interrupt, sir. Yeah, please. I please. have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. What, 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 are you are you saying that I said that black people were inferior? That's a, that's the comment that you made. Did you could you program? could you could you give me the, the uh, at least paraphrase what I said? Well, I've just said. Well, I I said black people are inferior. Did I? You, you said people up and down the country may have, have a belief that um, black people are inferior. Can you can you prove that? Well, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. People do think that they're called racists, Oliver. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've heard of them. Racists. Yeah. They think that black people are inferior, yes. I don't think that... Let me clarify. I don't think that black people are inferior, but some people do think that. And if you don't believe that, you're living in uh, cloud cuckoo land, sir. Well, I'm not living in cloud cuckoo land. What I'm saying is many people might think that white people are inferior Yes, they do. Yes, those are racists as well. Those people exist. It's sad, isn't it? Exactly so. Um, So so I'm not quite sure what what I've angered you with by, by pointing out that racists exist... No, 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 no. I mean, you, I think you handled it um, quite wrongly, and I, sh- I, I shall take this um, a tad further. Um, well, don't you know, shout at me, Oliver. Talk to me. No, no, I'm not shouting. You just um, said you'd I... shout at me. No, no, no. I said I'd take it um, a tad oh. further. Just, just, okay. just, just to ensure that um, we have um, a, 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 a decent bias of, um, of opinion rather than... Um... Oliver, I've literally got no idea what you're banging on about, mate. I said that some people think black people are inferior. They do. They're racists. And some people think that white people are inferior. They do. They're racist. What, well, what, what, well, what's upset well, you? That we live in a racist world? It's terrible, no, isn't it? No, no, no. Your comments upset me. You, you might have... You might How have did it upset that. you, Oliver? Yeah, you might just counter that by um, by what we've said. No, I'm not going to counter it, mate, because I, you, you've taken offence at nothing. You're, you're looking for a fight, sir, and I don't know why. How did Absolutely it offend not. you? Absolutely not. How Absolutely. did it offend you? It offended me because um, what you're doing, you're, you're promulgating um, a, um, a belief that um, I think is wrong, and I think is... Um, ah, I know yeah. what you're upset about. Right. Shall I clarify it for you? Please do. You're upset that I compared black people to gay people, aren't you? And you don't like gay people. You're totally on a tangent there. You're totally on a tangent. Is, it, yeah. is, is that... Have I not got that right? Because that's... that's do, do I, I, you, I'm not racist or homophobic in any... Do you approve of gay marriage? Do I approve of gay marriage? I think people should marry um, whether they're gay... OK. So, again, Oliver, well, if I've gone, if I've gone up a cul-de-sac there, mate, I've got literally no idea what you're banging on about. You've taken offence at, at, at nothing. You've taken offence at a fact. Imagine being offended at a fact. Well, you can counter, you can counter that fact by, by doing the, the, the um, inverse as well, OK? So, um, if you say... Many people might think um, black people are inferior. You might have countered by saying and many people might think white people are why, why would I do that, Oliver? Why, why would I do that? Because um, that is a fair that has a fair comparison. Oh, but if we if we but if we countered everything, then we'd be here all day. Are you uh, imply? Are you saying that you think I'm a racist? Absolutely not. Then um, what are you saying, Oliver? What, what I'm saying, um, in, in your position, you should be more careful on on the, on the comments you make sometimes. Okay. Well, Oliver, you have not highlighted any comment that could be deemed offensive, except by someone who's looking for a fight. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. Okay, Oliver. Um... You see? I still don't know. I'm sat here listening to it on a loop. 
this is a word of warning for people who have a homosexual persuasion, courtesy of uh, one of our callers. Ah, yes. You might want to listen to this medical advice. It turns out it's not all fun and games. You know, uh, if you ask a question, uh, which one is more important, the law of the land or religion? You don't even have to put it as religion. But the first thing you've got to understand is that the basis of our laws in our civil society is based on the laws of, of the Bible. That is where we got our laws from. Do not kill. Do not murder. Do not fornicate. But now our systems begin to modify these things. Now you got to understand that even as uh, as religious people, you still have to base a lot of your morality is actually got from your faith. And so when people have to make choices between the laws of the land, if the laws of the land violate natural laws, divine laws, creative laws, then you will have to choose the law of God. Again, this is the implication, the the just, just to pick you up on one word, natural laws. So, so you, the implication there, Dave, is that, that being gay is unnatural. Well, the thing is that it, natural laws, if you violate natural laws, it doesn't matter who votes for it in Parliament, natural laws will still take its yeah. effect. So is, so is being gay unnatural? Violate, sorry? Is being gay unnatural now can i ask you a question based on that well you could could you answer the question first could you answer the question first dave and then i'll answer your question is being gay unnatural what your what is your right to make or is supposed to do it's supposed to be an exit for waste products my what my rectum violate that but your rectum is your point of exit for waste products in your body okay once you violate that use it's going to self-disintegrate self-disintegrate dave thank you very much indeed we're talking about the self-disintegration of rectums it's probably time to move on dave thank you very much indeed thank you you're very very welcome uh (laughs) (laughs) this stuff happened on friday's show i wasn't here oh yeah what's that all about kids in it little hangers on yeah, First day at preschool, Mummy needs to be there. Well, she doesn't. They're, they're good. How old are they now? She's two. Exactly! It's old enough to be on her own! Shameful behaviour. Yeah, fair enough. I should which, cut the cord. Which is more important? You literally should, because that is disgusting. Which is more important, your job or your kids? Mm. Tia, while you're talking about that, here's what's happened in, in Friday's show that you weren't here for, so probably better. Now that's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's all we needed. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle, producer, is not here. Matthew Lockwood is, Justin Dealey is. And guess who's producing? Guess who's producing? Is it me? Yeah! Oh, I wish I knew this. I, someone should have told you before now. I know. What have we got in the show? Who knows? I do. Trains. Bikes. And buckets. On buckets. Yeah, trains, bikes and buckets. Across beds, hats Sorry? and bikes. I feel sick. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Got a script from me, Matt? Oh, yes, just read it off the screen. We were, dark, we, were, uh, we were wigging out to the monkeys thing. That was a mistake. Yeah. But this is a mistake to do it just before you came on air, mate. I should never do that. I am a very fit man in literally every uh, sense of the word. I got stuck on the chair, I couldn't get off. Sorry? It was spinning around the chair, I couldn't get off the chair. I actually do feel sick now. I might have thrown up. Well, no, don't do that. Right. Well, should we do the thing about trains? I hope I can get through this. Well, have I got some tea or something with me? Already, this is the best show I've ever done. Uh. Go on, watching the man having a breakdown. 
and you're listening to it live. BBC Three Counties Radio, the home of the Northern Breakdown. Right. Have they now? Obviously, Catherine isn't in today. You're in. Yep. You're in. <laughs> um, is it like a BBC quota that one Northerner out, one Northerner in? Is that it pretty much is? That's yes. how it works, is it? It pretty much is. Pretty yes. much. Pretty much. Okay. Now. She's lovely. Train news, guys. Hold on to your hats. We could end up miles away from here. This is exciting stuff. It's not. From this Sunday, the Thameslink line, which runs from Bedford and through Luton and St Albans down to Brighton, will be under new management. Come on. Ooh! Govia has won the contract uh, to run the... To run the service for the next seven years, taking over from First Capital Connect. But what will it mean for passengers, and will they notice any difference? Well, as you can hear, Matt Lockwood is out of breath and joins me now. So, Matt, yep. what can passengers expect to see? They can expect to see lots of wonderful, wonderful things. New trains for starters. Yeah. Come on, a bit yeah. more passion. Yeah, yeah. It's big news, this is. Come on, then. Over a 1,000 new carriages along the Thameslink and Great Northern Network. Okay. There'll be more services, too. Can I interrupt? Ever so slightly? Yes. This is a little bit dry. Right, have you I got think, something? I think we need a little bit of music just to... Go on, then. Go on, then. Away you go. <laughs> this is not what I asked for. You did ask for Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Can you just sing what you asked for? Right. What did you ask so it for? Was, you asked for that and instead you got this. Away you go. Tell us what we can expect. There'll be more services too. 10,000 additional seats into London in the morning, which will be nice. That will be an increase in passenger capacity by 50%. There'll be improvements to services, including up to 24 trains per hour. ticket options and Wi-Fi at more stations. Wi-Fi, that is so now. But wait a minute. Oh. Stop that music. Stop that music. I can't see the point of Wi-Fi on trains. What? I cannot see the point of Wi-Fi on trains. Whatever happened to getting on a train and going from A to B? Kelly Betts. Hi. Well, you still are going from A to B, but you just have internet on the way. It never works. Well, but, yeah, but it will with Wi-Fi. That's the point. That's yeah, it will with Wi-Fi. It never works. I've no, tried no, it. No, no. <laughs> it will with Wi-Fi. Never works. Play the know? music again. Oh, blimey. OK, all right. <laughs> you got one more bit to do. The Govia Chief Executive, Charles Horton, told us, over time we'll be making real improvements to passengers' experience and managing the major changes that are happening on this part of the rail network. And that's your train news. <laughs> Catherine Boyle, producer, is not here today. We're a little bit rudderless. And that's, I say that with respect to you, Kelly, but, but really we're um, kind of just floating in the sea here. Yeah, swimming nicely. Well, no. Yeah? I would say that we're drowning ever so slightly... Why? Well, we, okay, give us a phone in. What's gone wrong? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five five. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. I asked, I received. What's gone wrong? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Just <laughs> that is brilliant, isn't That's it? A great one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you take that to the streets a bit later on? I think I might do. Yeah, absolutely. What's gone wrong? <laughs> Tell me now. <laughs> Fair play. I'm not <laughs> Kelly. Charles, <laughs> be a fine thing. Uh, no, I'm not <laughs> Kelly. Charles, be a fine thing. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not Kelly. Charles, be a fine thing. <laughs> No, uh, I'm not Kelly. Charles! 
Anyway, I say things about Kelly, but actually that was brilliant. Gold, absolute she, gold. But what has gone wrong? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Welcome. It's been a lovely show so far. All right, Mum. Gary's in London. Morning, Gary. Good morning, boss. How you doing? Good, thanks. What went wrong? Uh, I, I bought some new shoes recently. Uh, nice ones, uh, shiny. Uh, but unfortunately, they're too tight, and I've got blisters on my feet. So I've had to sell them. Did you try? Did you try them on in the shop? No, I bought them online. Oh, oh no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. This is. Hang on, Matt's, Matt. Matt. Do not buy things online. Go to the shop. Try them on in the uh, shop. That's, that, that's, I, yeah. I, I know that now. Yeah. Well, it's obvious, mate. Yeah. Was your mum not... Because you need your mum there to press whoa, your toe and whoa, see if you're going to grow whoa. into it or not. Why are you bringing your mum into it, man? Because um, you, you need your mum there. When you're buying shoes, you go to the shop, Look, you put them on... She's uh, there when I buy my clothes. I'm not having her with me when she buys me shoes when I buy my shoes. She's got to t- push your toe to see how much room you've got in there to grow into them. Do they still have those machines where they, they fit your feet? No, I don't think they have the machines anymore. They just have the little portable ones. They don't have the electronic ones. That was Clark's, wasn't it? It was Clark's. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was a good trip. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. The echo needs to be, to be fixed. The echo. The echo! Sorry? Dear mind. 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 Let's get out of this cave and talk about it. Hang on a second. I want to go in the box. Put me in the box. All right, I'll put you in the box. Hang on, here we go. I'm in the box now, am I? Yes. Dear mind. Dear mind. Do you mind? What? You were going ah. Come out of the box and talk to me. It's ridiculous you being in there. Right, I'm coming out of the box. You're out now. Stop shouting. Stop All right. Going ah in my ear. It's, it's kind of my job is to shout. No, you don't have to shout. You're talking. All right, mate. You're talking to your audience. I know you've been in radio a long time. Yeah. yeah. But you know, every now and again, it's always good to get some feedback. And how long have you been in radio format? Oh. Several days. <laughs> oh, yeah! Boom, boom! Boom, shakalak! Find your body. Jane's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Jane. Morning. Uh, now, I, I've told you you don't want to speak to me. What? No, I don't, because I don't want ridiculing. <laughs> so who do you want to speak to, then? I'll have a word with Matt, because Lock- it's about a, about a pub name. OK, but you can, you, uh, you can only speak to him if you call him Lockers. I'm not going to call him Lockers. Then I can't, I can't put you through to him. <laughs> you have to say, I want to speak to Lockers. I'm not going to say that. Well, then you can't speak to him. No, I'm not going to say that well, to, the, to him. His name's Matt. Lockers. Matt Lockwood. Lockers. No, no, no. He's not. It, it, that's Lockers who's what. There we go. She said it. Right, you're through to Lockers. <laughs> go on, Jane. Morning, Jane. How are you? I'm all right. Good. It's about the pub name. All oh, right, go on then. You won't find a cock anymore in Leighton Buzzard. Right. Because it's been, I know, it's been renamed because they do wedding receptions and brides didn't like the cock on their wedding invitations. Really? So they renamed the pub. And don't ask me what they renamed it to. I think it's something tavern, I think. Don't ask me. But it's, it was the cock for years in Heath and Reach. But mm-hmm. as I say, it's been renamed. So there you go. That's hilarious, that is. Well, 
I mean, who thought right. about me? You didn't want me to ridicule you, Jane. No. <laughs> You've just done it yourself. You're saying that on the, the, the brides don't want the cock on their wedding day. No, they don't. So they've renamed it to something tavern. <laughs> on their wedding invitation. Right, OK. <laughs> um, but Jane, I can what's... understand why, though. I can understand that totally. Thank you, Matt. It's not ridiculous, Jane. Thank you very much indeed. And if you missed that, uh, that part of the show, it'll be in the podcast. I've got 23 of the weirdest pub names. Great. Great. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Kids. Mm, good answer. That's it. That's your lot. We'll be back next week with more hilarity and some serious <laughs> stuff to make you cry. <laughs> Every weekday morning between six and nine on BBC Three Counties Radio, and I'll leave you with this. Do you believe in telepathy, sir? Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks, on FM, AM, digital radio and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 